This is the Horse Radio Network. I'm Glenn the Geek. And I am Allison Renborg for Equine Affair. And you are listening to the monthly Equine Affair episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 15th, episode 3020. This episode is brought to you by Horizon Structures. Good morning, Horse World. It's the third Thursday of the month. That means it's time for the Equine Affair episode, North America's premier equine expo and equestrian gathering. So in this episode, we're exploring three different features of the upcoming Equine Affair in Massachusetts. First, we're going to learn all about the Carolina Marsh Tacky Horse. Then we'll get an inside look at what goes into building a custom barn or shed or chicken coop with Horizon Structures. And then we'll explore how equine-assisted therapies can help service members and their families. You guys are, what, less than two months away from Equine Affair. Is this the point where you, do you have any hair left at this point or is it all gone? No, 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 I've been pulling it out and uh, yeah, and this is Monday. So, well, we're recording on Monday. Um, This is actually Thursday, but yeah, all my hair is gone. I'll just finish with that. And you know, I think people think with, with expos like yours that there's a large team. You actually get this done with a fairly small team. Oh my gosh. Together. We're so tiny, and I don't think people know that. I mean, seriously, I I run our Facebook, all our, all our socials, and I'm amazed <laughs> that, that people, I think they think there's like 20 or 30 of us. They think I have a whole social media team, first of all. Yeah, you're and the I, team. Yeah, you're like me. me. I'm the team. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are six of us full-time, and then for each of Expo, this is something people probably don't know. We hire um, contract workers to help us put it on. And some of them have been doing this for years and years and years. I mean, they are essentially part of the Equine Affair family, but they just work the expos. And then we also rely on tons of volunteers. And we've got volunteers who have been doing this with us for years and years and years. I mean, they know more than I do, um, obviously, because I've only been working for the company, well, in different capacities since 2018, but like... Our our contract workers and our volunteers are are really the MVPs. Is there is there a volunteer position still open or is that yes. something they have? To, yeah. Oh so yeah, can totally. People do that. You can still sign up until September twenty eighth, uh, and you can actually probably sign up after that uh, if you ask real nice. Uh, we'll probably still have positions open, but that's kind of the cutoff, the deadline for getting your paperwork in. How and do they you do can, it? They go website. Yeah. You go to equineaffair.com and you select our Massachusetts event. And then you go to, I think it's participate and then volunteer. And then oh, you cool. fill out your form and, and send it off to Lori, our business manager, and she will get back with you. How, do you know how many volunteers you guys have at a show? Oh, gotta be a lot. Uh, a lot. And I mean, the cool thing about volunteering is not just do you get kind of that inside look at what goes on, but um, you can actually work in exchange for your admission. So if you do so many two hour shifts, you get uh, e- you can get a full day admission for free or a four day pass. I think it's like eight hours. Don't quote me on that. Um, if you work like a full day, you get admission to the whole event. Well, and, then, and let's um, be honest, uh, the admission's inexpensive compared to what they're going to spend on stuff. 
So Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you also get a classy souvenir if you work so many shifts, you know, whether it's a hat or a shirt or, or a poster. I can't remember. It, it kind of changes. But we do we do give you something back for all your lovely hard work in addition to just having a good time. So Very cool. Well, yeah. there you go. If you're looking at going, you're going to be up that way and you want to volunteer, just go to the website now and uh, get that get that done. I'm excited for uh, what's coming up today, and especially for our first guest, because I love doing breed highlights. And we have Pamela Landskroner on today, and she is she operates Lazy Dog Acres in Maryland, and she breeds, trains, shows, and sells marsh tackies. Uh, she'll be participating in the Breed Pavilion at Equine Affair this fall with her yearling filly and mare, and uh, it's always been her goal to exhibit tackies at Equine Affair, and this year she's getting to do that. And we're going to find out what is a marsh tacky, why are they so cool, and why does Pam love them? Well, hi, Pamela. Thanks for joining us today. I'm so excited. We love doing the breed segments. And in all the 3,000 episodes we've done, I don't think we ever talked about the Marsh Tacky. So welcome. Thank you so much. So how did you fall into the Marsh Tacky world or how did they find you? So I actually stumbled on them before I actually realized what they were. Uh, When I was doing research in college, I was stumbling across them without knowing that it was the Marsh Tacky. And a friend of mine was breeding them down in South Carolina and raising them, training them. And I knew it was a breed that I wanted to work with. And I kept telling her, you know, when I when I have a farm, like, this is what this is the breed that I want. This is what I want to work with. And when I finally did end up, you know, getting a tacky, I started doing more research on the breed itself and realized I was like, oh, this is the breed that I've been hearing about that, you know, was so prevalent with the indigenous population that was in the low country in South Carolina and was part of the Gullah culture that was going on down there on the sea islands and stuff. And so being able to put two and two together. So they actually were part of my life before they were part of my life. It was very weird. <laughs> so have they determined, were they part of the Spanish horses that were brought over? Have they, what, what's the lineage? They are, yep. So they are part of the colonial Spanish strain um, that came out of the 1500s, so the Iberian strains. Um, They're closely related to the banker and cracker horses that you see. Mm -hmm. So like the ones in Corolla and the ones down in Florida that you see. Um, Not quite so much as like with the Mustangs. The Mustangs have kind of bred a little bit differently just because of the environment that they live in. Um, whereas these horses that you see on a lot of the um, coastal areas have remained a little bit more pure to like their strain specifically. Um, so yeah, they are a colonial Spanish strain though. Well, they're, and they're made to live in swamps basically. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, what's different about them that helps them survive in that wet, icky, gross environment? Um, they can I live, live in Florida, so I can anything. say that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, I lovingly refer to them as my swamp donkeys. Yeah. Um, they are, they will live off of anything. Um, you can, you can put them out on pasture that you wouldn't even look twice at for some horses. And they're like, ah, a buffet. Beautiful. So they are, they are very easy to keep. Um, they are incredibly hardy when it comes to, we'll have storms come through. And they don't care. My guys will not go into the run-in unless it is absolutely atrocious. They would just rather be out in the weather. Well, how about their feet? All I can think is thrush central, you know? Oh, no, their feet are amazing. My farrier 
is in love with all of my horses. <laughs> um, she she loves trimming my horses. She she will come out and she'll be like, I love these feet. These feet are amazing. She bends nails on their feet. So like, are they naturally just hard all the time? Yeah. They these feet are amazing. So I have taken them out on some aggressive terrain and they come back and they are ready and raring to go. So how big are they? Are they a little bigger than ponies? That's what I'm picturing. So they come anywhere from 13 hands to 15 hands. Okay. So my one mare um, is 13-2. And then I have another mare who is 15. And my yearling, we just estimated she's probably going to come in about 15 hands as well. And tough as nails? Oh, yes. All of them. (laughs) But they're really sweet, which is funny, because normally when you think tough as nails horses, you think of like, you know, cranky also. Um, And these guys are just the absolute puppy dogs. Um, My husband is not a horse person, and he freely admits that. Um, And our one mare who is currently pregnant right now and should be amazingly cranky, um, will stand there and tolerate him putting her fly sheet on backwards and dragging it around on him to fix it and like all this stuff. And she's just like, okay, yeah, no, it's fine. So I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking at the website at your website, marshtacky.info. That's yours, right? That is for CMTA. Yep, that's our association. Okay. Um, so I went to the for sale section and there's none. I, it, I assume they're not, you know, you won't find them everywhere for sale. Oh, yeah. No, they are very hard to come by still. Um, there's it's a very limited breed still. They're actually still listed as critically endangered. So, so how trainable are they? Are they real trainable? They are very easy to train. Yeah. Um, we like to joke that they're born trained. Um, we generally, when we're training them, usually when you go to, you know, saddle a horse and back at the first time, you're like, okay, now everybody take it easy. We're going to get on the horse. Um, and most of the time with these guys, you're like, all right, we're getting on the horse. We got on the horse. <laughs> well, let's just keep going and see, you know, like we're going to walk over here and then we're going to walk over there. Do you have a problem with this? No. Great. They're just unfazed. <laughs> so are they good for, I mean, what are, what are they used for? Are they good for almost anything or? Whatever your heart desires. Um, so I do mostly English disciplines with mine, um, eventing, dressage. Uh, my one mare is a show hunter. And um, I know other people who move cattle with them. They do endurance riding with them. They take them out on trails. They go hunting with them. They use them to like pull deer and hogs out of the woods and stuff. I, they are the ultimate, you know, do it all horse. See, I'm a carriage driver, so yeah, I'm just thinking. Oh yeah, they'll yeah, do it. They're the right size. They're a perfect size for that. Yep, they'll do it. Huh. Interesting. They're the perfect size for you, and you live in the perfect location. I do. Glenn, yeah, so... we can take them in the swamps here. How are they with alligators? There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I assume they're used to alligators because where you live. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, they'll do it. And uh, I have a friend that goes. You know, she'll go out on trails, and every once in a while, she'll text me. She'll be like, "We ran into alligators again." <laughs> they go. That's going to be <laughs> that's going to be the new sci-fi channel movie: Swamp Donkey versus Alligator. Yes, who's going to win? <laughs> Got nothing on Sharknado. After we moved down here, we moved down here. My wife's a fox hunter, and she went fox hunting in Florida for the first time. And she said, "Yeah, that was the first time we ran into alligators on a fox hunt." So, oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't even imagine. Oh my gosh, fox hunting is bad enough. Oh, with alligators. 
<laughs> they seem to come in all colors too. You're, you're not, they're not just all bay. No, no. <laughs> we like to keep it interesting. Um, they do come in pretty much any color. We obviously don't have, you know, paint colors, um, but they do come. We've got chestnuts. We've got bays. Um, we do have like all the dilutions and everything. We do have duns. Um, my yearling is actually a very nice sandy dun. We're not sure how that happened. We were expecting this. She came out and she was like all nice and red. And I was like, oh, she's going to be like this really gorgeous red done. And then she's like, I'm going to be more yellow. Hmm. I was like, Or you could be that. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> this is the size, too, that most of, you know, we were talking about the Spanish horses. They're about the size that history shows that the Spanish horses were that they brought over here on the ships. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were, you know, everybody pictures great big horses, but they weren't. No, you don't want big horses on right. a ship. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I hear that you're going to be, you're very excited to be making your way to Equine Affair. Yes. What are yeah, you going to be doing? Very... What are you bringing? So I am actually going to be bringing the yearling that I was just talking about. Um, she's going to be coming up because she is probably one of the chillest yearlings I've ever met in my life. Um, I'm also going to be bringing my mare, the 13-2 mare. She's the show hunter. Uh, she's going to be coming up with me, and I've got a couple other people that are going to be joining me. They're also going to be bringing um, a few of their horses with us, and uh, we're going to do some of the breed demos. One of us is uh, has an application in for the versatile horse and rider competition, so we have our fingers crossed that she'll get accepted for that. What so. will you do during your breed demo? We are not sure yet. <laughs> you got to bring some alligators in the swamp. Yes, we're with just going to bring some alligators and we're just going to ride circles around the alligators yeah. with the horse and be like, behold. <laughs> I've been to Massachusetts the in the fall and sp- we lived there. So I've lived there in the right. spring and fall and it's pretty swampy at times in Massachusetts too. Oh, yeah. I grew up up there and I yeah. was like, you know what? That wouldn't be out of the ordinary. No. <laughs> Allison? But can you imagine the looks on the audience's faces when you lead in an alligator into the <laughs> middle of the Coliseum? <laughs> and it yeah. They'd be like, we are here for the equine affair, right? <laughs> that you would pack the stands. You would have more people than any other demonstration. Right, exactly. Okay. Be like, this is the one with the alligators. This is the one I told you about. <laughs> I I think I want to do that now. And then we could have an alligator roast at the end of the day. <laughs> alligator po'boys to follow. Oh, then you'd have all the vegetarians complaining. It'd be a nightmare. So, uh, yeah. True, true. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, since I'm interjecting here, um, Pam, which of your mares gave you away at your wedding? Um, so that would be Rags, Raggedy Ann. She is the 13-2 chestnut mare. So she's a chestnut pony mare. She has opinions. Mm. what'd she say about giving you away at the wedding i mean that was she was glorious i told the photographer i said just keep shooting i said no matter how sideways this goes just keep (laughs) taking pictures and we got to the end of the photographer goes well i mean it looked great there was nothing to really you know she's like she looked great she fell asleep during the ceremony yeah we always advise people not to have horses at their wedding because we've covered every story where it goes wrong yeah so, <laughs> everything goes wrong. you went right that's good you're married right yep. wait a minute yeah you still wrong. married yes okay great. all right yeah. <laughs> glenn yeah. stepping into that's that asking, though. they see all the pictures and they're like you did get married to a human. Yeah, well, that's what my man, next question was right? going to be, but I did. Yeah. See, I even held back at that one. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Allison's go, going, why do I do a show with him? I'm not sure. 
Right. Because <laughs> he makes me laugh. That's why. <laughs> he was there. He married me. He puts up with the horses. He's learning to love them. Was, so he was a not, he was a, like me, was not a horsey person? Oh, he was not even a country person. Oh, oh really? You, you married a city guy? Well, I wouldn't say city. He he grew up in a rural county, but he grew up in like in the town. <laughs> so like farm stuff was not his shtick. Yeah, that was me too. And then we bought a farm right after we got married. And he was like, this is not what I thought I was signing up for at all. There you go. <laughs> How many years did <laughs> it take late. him to get used to it? Are we still working on that? He's still getting there. Okay. <laughs> He's still getting there. <laughs> I need to have him on a horse husband episode. We need to talk to him. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when did the pain start? Yeah. <laughs> you can have you can have my husband on that one too, Lynn. <laughs> you know what their question is not when did the pain start. They know when it started. They want to know when it's gonna stop. And the answer is right, never. Like, never. Is there an end to this? <laughs> no. There no. isn't. <laughs> it's eternal. That's right. <laughs> All right, we're way off the topic here. So right. <laughs> so I got to ask Allison this. Is the breed, does that happen the whole time? Or is it one day? Or how does that work? The breed stuff? Yeah. So there's the breed pavilion, and that is the whole time. It's a, a stationary, it's a station within Equine Affair. It's a feature. So you can walk through there. You're going to have horses on display. You're going to have people to talk to. Um, you can pet the horses mo in most cases. And then the breed demos are scattered, also scattered throughout the schedule, all four days. Um, and of course, the schedule will be published in advance. So you can plan your day around, you know, oh, I want to see this breed demo and that breed demo. So kind of both. Gotcha. Okay, good. Yep. Well, uh, it'll be fun. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, where can people go to see pretty pictures of pretty horses? <laughs> pretty pictures of pretty horses. Um, they can obviously go to the Tacky website, which is, you know, always nice. They can see pictures there. Um, they can also go to, I have the Instagram for my ponies that uh, gets updated regularly. And that is um, Marsh underscore Tacky underscore in underscore MD. <laughs> Okay, yeah, it. I know. That was <laughs> not my finest moment in creating that one. <laughs> it's perfect. It tells everything you need to know. Right. I thought it was great until I sat down. I had to actually like say it to somebody. And then I went, you know, I may have made a <laughs> we'll, mistake. Here. We'll put it in the show notes and it'll be there. Easy. You go. There you go. There you go. Well, underscore, thanks for joining us. <laughs> not a problem. I loved it. <laughs> Now more than ever before, people are bringing their horses home. Horizon Structures can help you make that dream come true with a prefab run-in shed, shed row barn, or modular center aisle barn. Their product line also includes chicken coops, kennels, and a variety of outdoor living structures. Financing is available for any building type, and you can apply on their website at www.horizonstructures.com. Several plans available. Horizon Structures has been a faithful sponsor of Equine Affair for many years, and Jill Siragusa is our next guest, and she is their chief marketing officer. Hi, Jill. Welcome to the show. Hello, Allison. Thank you for having me today. I was hoping you could talk to us about your favorite subject, which is Horizon Structures. So for the audience, tell us a little bit about the company. Okay. Well, the company, gosh, I've been there 17 years, and I think Dave Zook, who's uh, one of the owners, 
started it probably a year or two before I was hired. So we've been around a long time. Um, we started out making prefab shed row horse barns and run-in sheds. And we've since expanded from the barn side of things uh, into our center aisle barns, both with and without a loft, you know, second floor. And of course, we still continue with the shed rows and the run-in sheds. Very, very popular. That's our main uh, bread and butter. Our main specialty is the prefab and modular horse barns. But we also do outdoor living structures, chicken coops, dog kennels, all kinds of things. Greenhouses, super popular item right now. I think you're understating it. You make palaces (laughs) for chickens. These things are, I would live in one of these chicken coops. You know, we've had people tell us that and about the dog kennels too and the horse barns. It is a nice building. These are the fanciest uh, chicken coops and dog kennels I've ever seen. It's like... (laughs) Well, and and in one of the pictures of the residential dog kennels on the website, which is horizonstructures.com, I see a corgi. So literally, it's for doggy royalty. Yes, very timely. How about that? Yes. Yes. And, you know, horses and dogs go together. If you've got horses, Mm -hmm. you've got dogs. And um, why not have a kennel? Keep your pups out of trouble when you're riding or training. You know, they don't have to be out there all the time. People want their dogs in the house, of course, but uh, the kennels are very handy. Very handy. So, does it when when I okay? I live in Florida. Can I okay. buy one of your lead barns, let's say, or even chicken coops, whatever? Um, yes. And do you send it? Is it like Legos? You send it, and I can put it together. Or do 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 you put it? Do you build the barns, or do we hire somebody here to do that? How's that? Uh, work? Yes, we ship basically coast to coast. North, South, you know, Maine to Florida, Washington to California, Texas, everywhere within the continental U.S. Um, the smaller buildings like the kennels and the chicken coops, the shed row barns and the running sheds are shipped pre-built. They come off the truck. You put your animals in them. They're, they're ready to use right away. Okay. Some of the larger kennels and the modular barns um, come in pre-built sections we send the crew to put it together. It is not a kit. You don't have to do anything. Um, everything's included in your price. And we all you do is have the site ready before we get there. And we'll take care of the rest. Oh, okay. Nice. So you get the building and a crew. Um, yes. So, like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, a smaller building, you're going to have it, they're going to be done in a couple days. The larger barns, you know, maybe a week to 10 days and, and they're ready to go. Will the crew stick around and, and help clean stalls later? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Sorry, but I will tell you, you don't have to feed them and you do not have to let them sleep in your garage or they will not pitch a tent in your backyard. <laughs> they are self-sufficient. <laughs> now, I, you're in Lancaster County. The company's out of Lancaster County. I grew up there. Are these Amish made? Is it- yes, they are. I mean, most, I would say 99% of our guys are Amish and the crew as well. Although most of the crew is the younger guys, 
you know, you might not see the guys with the beards and the hats. <laughs> um, the crew is the younger <laughs> guys that typically aren't married and haven't joined the church and they, they get a big kick out of traveling. They, they love it. So I'll tell you yeah. what, I have seen barn raisings in person, many of them actually, and houses being built by the Amish and uh, there it's amazing the speed at which they get them done. Oh, it's just yes. incredible. You know, we always said if we want to get it done right, we're going to have the Amish do it. And that's what that's who we'd hire. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we uh, we built a great barn. But I'll tell you what, our crews, our customers rave about our crews and our drivers, the guys that deliver the buildings or the modular sections. Those guys are fantastic, and our customers, if you look on our Google reviews online, our customers probably rave about our crews just as much as our buildings. They're, they're oh. really great guys. They really are. That's, that That's important. That matters. Because, I mean, I think we've all had the experience of a, a crew coming to build something or contractors or something, and then you look out in your yard later, and it's, like, littered with cigarette butts and fast yeah, wrappers yeah. and stuff. Right. <laughs> Not going to happen. You know, our guys clean up after themselves. They they really do. And um, they, they've really got a great work ethic. They'll probably be there before the sun is up and they, they put in a full day. And they do wow. good work. It's not sloppy. They they really are great. Well, how much can you customize? So, so for example, I'm looking at the play sets because <laughs> I have a little girl and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. play sets. And you color combinations and you can do different roofs and like can you do all those options for uh all the different things so the barns the chicken coops everything absolutely we do have you know with covid and we all know how that affected raw materials and lead times Mm -hmm. were insane so we do have a pretty robust uh stock buildings of all types on our website that we kind of built up to meet that long lead time and whatever. And those mm-hmm. you have to buy as is. But if you're going to order a building, everything is built to order and you absolutely can pick your colors, your roof, your siding, paint, stain, everything. It's completely customizable. That's awesome. And there's even some really cool hardware. I'm looking at uh, hardware on the L-shaped barn. And there's like a horseshoe with a horse head and everything. Yeah, that that is standard. That is standard. Um, you talk when you say hardware, it makes me think of, you know, we have some folks that hey, we want European stall fronts, mm-hmm. and that's not typically a standard thing that we carry, but we'll get them for you. You know, whatever nice. you want, we do our best to to get them for you. And if I may give a little plug to the website. We have a page out there. It's called our Project Showcase. If you go mm-hmm. on Horse Barns and that drop-down menu, you're going to see Project Showcase. It's something kind of new for us. You can search by barn type, number of stalls, zip, you know, location, and see how much we can customize these barns. There's wow. all kinds of great ideas out there that, people have asked us to do and we've done it so i'm looking at that now so are these actual pictures of actual structures like installed somewhere people's oh, home yeah. that you've yeah what these are all okay, our cool. customers these are all our customers <clears throat> these are all barns that horizon has built and 
um, if you can see on the map, we're branching out to the western states now. Not everything is built mm -hmm. in Lancaster. We have a network mm -hmm. of builders throughout the country so we can reach more areas. And we're getting barns uh, out west. There's Amish everywhere that. now. That is true. <laughs> that is true. It used to be Lancaster County, and then they moved. They started moving out when the land prices got so high when I lived there. <laughs> Yeah. And it's getting a little crowded around here too. So yeah, you're right. You're right. And you guys also do if you if you don't have a need for a barn, but uh, you also do gazebos and pergolas and greenhouses and all kinds of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm yes. just shopping. So uh, you guys yeah. continue. I'm just going to continue shopping. And okay. one of the things I tried is you can you can build your own. You can customize your own. Yes. And you have a little builder in there. That's fun. Yes, we do. And a lot of people use that. People love to play around with that. And, you know, when you do that builder, it sends us an email. We'll get back to you with, with a price, a complete price, you know, delivery, setup, yeah. everything. Yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. Cool. So you're talking about the 3D rendering, right? Yes. The Yes. Well, oh, that's really cool. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the, like, if someone wanted to go try that, they would go to Horse Barns on the main Horizon Structures website and then the 3D renderings drop down. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. We, some of our larger projects, we create those for the client. Um, mm -hmm. On any of the modular barn pages, you'll see a link. It says build your barn or something to that effect. And we do have a mechanism on our website that kind of allows you to sort of recreate that yourself and that's where the nice. quote you know you would get the quote yeah i, I just built the yeah. gazebo oh oh yes <laughs> you can do it, for... it shows you a picture as you're going too it's really cool yes it does yes it does <laughs> um, uh -huh. don't mind me i'm just over here <laughs> <laughs> so if the so your website is super robust which is awesome i'm having fun too um <laughs> so while glenn's playing with it but if people wanted to see and touch you know, Horizon Structures products, you guys are going to be at Equine Affair. Are you bringing any with you? Absolutely. We do every year. We're bringing a uh, three stall. It's got three stalls and a tack room, low nice. profile barn. We're bringing a shed row barn with an overhang. And well, I'm not even sure how many run in sheds, but uh, a bunch of them. Beautiful. So and usually we, guys... we set those barns up with all the bells and whistles, um, you know, so people can really see the kind of things you can do. I just built my own gazebo Fabulous. and sent for a quote. So <laughs> all right. mine will be coming in shortly. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Jennifer, my wife's in there going, thanks a lot, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't opt for the 8 by 10 chicken mansion? Because no, that's what we, I want. We don't have chickens, but I, I love this gazebo. So I don't have chickens either, but I'm going to get the mansion <laughs> and then the chickens. We have more. I got to tell you, we have more listeners with chickens than horses, I think. Uh, chickens See? are so in. You're probably doing a lot of chicken stuff because chickens are in. We are. We are. And, you know, it's been that way for a couple years. When we first brought out the pre-built chicken coops, it went crazy. Then it kind of slowed down a little bit. But with COVID, it, it's really climbing back up there and you know we're not the cheapest coop 
Um, but well, that's because they're a palatial mansion. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> your chickens are going to live good. And, yeah. you know, we, we got a picture from someone a couple years ago in a storm, a tree fell on top of their coop and the coop was still standing. I mean, they Ooh. are well built. They are well built and, um, will last for years, literally. Well, thanks well, for doing this. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, happy chickens lay better tasting eggs. That's so true. I think true. Yeah. Get, Except I wouldn't want to use yeah. it. They'd poop all over it. It's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could store stuff in the chicken mansion yeah. if you I can yeah. live in one of these. It's so big. Jill, thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. We appreciate it. You're welcome. It was a awesome. lot of fun. Horizonstructures.com. See, dreams can come true with Horizon Structures Horse Barns. They have a center aisle modular barn, a shed row barn, and run-in sheds. Horizon Structures has a barn for every horse owner's budget. The long list of standard features means there's nothing extra to buy. A Horizon Structure Barn is a complete package, and as she said, They'll even build it for you. Talk to one of their team members today. Call 888-447-4337. And financing is available. Next up on the show, we have Tara Mahoney and Ryan Cassavant. They're coming to us from the Equine Immersion Project. Tara is the CEO and has implemented programming for thousands of veterans, active duty service members, and first responders alongside her incredible team. Tara is a trauma counselor who has combined her professional calling with her lifetime passion for horses. Ryan is the chief operating officer of the Equine Immersion Project. He is a USMC veteran with combat tour experience in both Iraq and Afghanistan. He has degrees in psychology, sociology, biblical studies, and youth ministry, and he's been on and off horses since he was 14. Hi, Ryan and Tara. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us. Ah, it's such a pleasure to be here. I'm a huge fan. Well, I'm a big fan of you guys and the work that you do with the Equine Immersion Project. So let's kind of dive right in. Um, for the audience, maybe Tara would be the best one to answer this question, but let's start with what is the Equine Immersion Project? What do you guys do? How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> it is a great question. And it's really interesting to be able to speak to an educated audience who really gets the work of a horse, rather than trying to have to pitch the idea of what is it about a horse that could possibly hold space for someone with trauma. So what we do is about 10 years ago, we realized we needed to get people, um, veterans, service members, active duty, first responders off the couch from talking with me as a trauma counselor and really into the arena and possibly even into the saddle. Um, we really find that the, the work of the horse, um, the, the visceral connection um, just makes massive changes in such less time. Um, and it's really the connections that we're looking for uh, to heal trauma and to recover and, and live the life you want. Well, and you and I talked about this a little bit the other day, and something came to mind for me is just that act of getting out of your head and using your body and using your hands and like touching and sensation and all those great things that we do when we're outside and with horses. It's really healing even you know for everybody, not just veterans and active duty, but like I imagine the effects are just magnified for them. 
Well, absolutely. You know, all of your listeners um, have all gone through things. We all have. And we find ourselves, you know, as, as horse people, maybe standing in the, the field and just being surrounded by, like you said, that sensory, what we call aromatherapy. But, you know, barns have a special smell. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little aromatherapy that's, you know, redneck aromatherapy. But it really is, is, um, you know, the stigma is also broken. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having trauma and saying, okay, it's Tuesday morning, I've got to drive to my clinician's office and find parking and then wait in the waiting room, all of that versus, hey, I'm going to go see Buddy the Horse. And um, no one has sat on the couch and taken a selfie with me, (laughs) honestly, in my therapy office. But boy, as soon as they're with the horses and and, and in that kind of an environment where they can be a part of something that um, really grounds them and gets them reconnected to, to feeling. Um, without having to just talk. Well, and the aromatherapy is, uh, I think everyone just took a deep breath when they were listening and went, mm, the smell of manure and hay and dirt and sweat. And <laughs> so healing. See, for us horse husbands, it's the smell of the wife when she comes home. See, that's that's what we have. I'm not yes. sure it's the same, to be honest, in that situation. Glenn, you should certainly market that. That yeah. is one perfume I have not seen on the shelves. <laughs> So, uh, Ryan, can you tell us um, what does a a typical session look like? Or maybe that maybe you both can kind of go back and forth on this one. But what does it look like when you actually have patients or people out with the horses and you're working with them to heal trauma or to help them work through emotion? Yeah, excuse me. So typically uh, we start the morning off. We're just kind of a, a gathering, you know, coffee, donuts, uh, lots of coffee. If you know anything about military or first responders, coffee is key to everything. Uh, yes. So we make sure we really have good coffee to start off the morning. But usually it's just that time of, uh, you know, like Tyra always talk, talks about, and we always talk about is that it's that, that first half hour just kind of, you know, making introductions, making small talk, just kind of filling each other out. Because sometimes the sessions could be uh, all one unit. Uh, it also could be just, um, you know, we're helping out another organization, just people that we've never met before or uh, men and women that have never met each other before or, you know, just kind of getting that small talk out of the way. And then uh, we jump into staff introductions, kind of give them a plan of attack for the day just to see what uh, so they have an idea of what's going on, because, uh, you know, especially those groups of people, they like to have an idea of what's going on. They may not know exactly what's going on, but they at least they have like some time checks or. Uh, things going on throughout the day and then we get out there um usually it's a per, uh, one patient client uh, whatever the case may be uh to one horse uh, sometimes we let the let them go out in the paddock or the field or the, the arena and let them find a horse that you know quote unquote speaks to them kind of let them let that play out until they find someone we help them guide them so, you know sometimes there's those, those nerves uh those that hesitation or we have those ones that have just love horses, like everybody that's listening, just kind of like, I always call every horse buttercup. It's just, <laughs> we meet so many horses in so many different areas that I just forget names. Uh, so you know, they'll, they'll just go out there, you know, buddy up with them. And then we just kind of got them through the process. Uh, I'll let Tara take over because she usually helps out start out that part of the process. So Ryan is bringing up a really important thing. In the military, you don't have choice. Right. So mm-hmm. you're told where you're going to live, what your job is, where your kids might go to school. 
So having choice is a huge component here. Um, so say we're going to start out the morning. Um, here's a great story. Actually, we were working with this one, um, army ranger sniper and said, you know, go ahead and grab a horse. How do you want to do this? And of course he picks the biggest horse, you know, the fastest horse. Um, he identified it as a high value target. So he goes mm. in there with this halter and lead rope and he is going to catch this horse. And, you know, turns around after about five or six minutes and looks at me and the team. He's like, this horse therapy stuff is awful. (laughs) (laughs) And we say, how about this? Why don't you check yourself at the gate and try again and connect with the horse? Just stand there. Just be. And, you know, eventually, um, biggest horse comes right on up, head on his shoulder. And it was that moment that he said, oh my gosh, that's why people in Walmart avoid me. That's why, you know, when I walk into the house and the kids don't want to run up and hug me or my boss is I'm, I'm looking at everything as a sniper, right? So the moment he did that and shifted, gosh, the rest of the day with that horse, I mean, after he rode that horse oof, for about two hours on the trail, he said, this is the first time I've not thought about Afghanistan for three hours straight. How does this work? And, and it's that, it's taking the time, you know, it's not a pony ride, not, you know, we have 10 horses all saddled up, hop on and, and cowboy up and let's see what you're going to do. It's a full day. That's why we're immersion because it's, it's building those relationships and having to go through, you know, checking feet and grooming and really regulating yourself so that you have that connection to earn the right to carriage drive or to vault or whatever we might be doing that day. Glenn, I know you do a lot of carriage driving, and that's a really big part of actually what we do, um, either ground driving or carriage driving. We have some 18-hand draft horses that will trailer into certain programs and areas. And, you know, people that say, heck no, I'm not getting behind that thing. What are you talking about? Um, But learning to find your voice and have that soft touch, you know, and pace. Um, that's a totally different experience than that adrenaline rush of, you know, I've just got to, you know, get out there and, and go fast. So there's so many different ways to to interact. And we, we talk to farms all over the country that are, ah, you know, we just we have a bunch of smaller horses. We can't, you know, get someone on that's over 250 pounds or but there's a lot of other ways to do this work. And, and we hope that your listeners are inspired or think of looking at their herd and seeing what is possible. It's all those wimpy riders who won't get in the cart with me. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is a different experience, though. You're, you're, I never thought about it that way, but it's a whole different experience. Yes, a lot of it. A great um, story that we have, I'll, I'll let Ryan jump in next, is um, we do a lot of carriage driving and ground driving with military sexual trauma. So that gives you that distance, mm. it gives you a chance to find your voice. You know, finding G and pop or finding, you know, walk on and whoa, just finding your voice when you didn't really have a voice for us all to happen. So, um, you know, you can be really creative about who you're working with and what that might look like. Yeah, no, I'll just say it, the biggest thing that we try to do is inherently a lot of um, military members, first responders, what our trust is a huge thing. And like Tara touched upon it, it's just building that relationship from the ground up. Most of the, you know, the first part of the morning is just building that relationship. Uh, there's a lot of give and take, and then uh, also uh, showing how that there is communication without talking, or it's touch or sight, or just holding that space for that individual, or holding that space for that horse. Uh, 
I always there's always a little bit of trepidation every time someone walks up to a horse, whether you're a horse, a seasoned horse person, man or woman or whatnot, or just someone that hasn't been on a horse for a long time, or just someone that is just outright scared. And and that's why we we really concentrate on that bonding piece, that grooming, you know, picking the hoof, you know, just being able to sit there. You know, like we alluded to at the beginning of the conversation, like I'm big on, you know, involving as many senses as possible to learn something or to experience something. And if we can read a book, you know, I always tell people you can you can read a book on how to change a tire, but until you change a tire, you've never done it. Right. So we just kind of incorporate everything so that way, you know, it's they're able to, you know, third with their unit, they can see each other finding their own voices, maybe speaking up for themselves. And we're encouraging them through the day because I say, like, you are your own voice today. If you're uncomfortable, if you're not sure what's going on, if you if you have a question, ask. You know, we're not giving orders. We're just giving suggestions. So like, hey, we're just going to walk you through this so everybody's on the same page. Uh, so it's a, it's a really – it's bonding them to the horse, the horse to them, but also bonding them to us because they're inherently trusting us because we're the ones talking or facilitating. But it, it helps us develop that relationship with them as well, which carries it on through the rest of the day. So it's the challenges. You know, in the outdoor, you know, experiential world, uh, challenge by choice, it's like, hey, you know, like Tara said, we want to get them from the ground into the saddle. There's been days where you get to the end of the day when we're about to do a trail ride or a walk around the arena, and they're just like, don't want to get on the horse. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You don't have to get on the horse. But are you, would you like to walk your horse? Like, most definitely. And so, like, we kind of make it, we make sure that there's a piece for everybody and meet them where they're at. Um, we don't try to bring them up to, uh, you know, horseback, you know, a horseback, uh, sorry, I can't talk, horse riding professional or whatnot, mm-hmm. kind of meet them where they're at. And that's usually the biggest piece throughout the day. Well, that's true of us when we go out and see our horses, right? There's some days I feel like putting the harness on and the cart and all that stuff. And there's other days I just want to take my horse out and let him graze. You know, it's just, yeah. you know, there are those days when you just need that. And there's Absolutely. days when we want to put the harness on, but the horse doesn't right. want Well, that's true. (laughs) But I got to say, with ponies, that's almost every day. So, uh, (laughs) right, right. Everybody thinks the minis are the easiest. Yeah. (laughs) No, they prefer not to at all. (laughs) (laughs) But again, that's what's really fun about this work is it's not you know that we're just um, on a yoga mat and teaching mindfulness or you know um, self regulation. It's you're interacting now with some big living creature. One, one really funny story, actually, when I was listening to Ryan talk about trust, we were working with someone um, and gosh, he's he had, a, oh, gosh, 350 months worth of deployments, um, Black Hawk helicopter medic, you know, into very dangerous areas. And the way he tells the story is, is that we put him in this, you know, five foot stall with a stallion, just like breathing fire and everything. And he was like, I'm not touching that thing. It actually was, you know, like a 26-year-old mayor who was just you know, <laughs> drooling and farting the whole time. <laughs> and it was like a 30-foot area. But but by the end of the day, you know, or before lunch, he was like, hey, you know what? This horse is doing great, but I think I think I want to check out Big Mac over there. We're like, all right, now build a different kind of relationship. And so he had that, like, threat appraisal of heck no, and then, you know, learned how to see, walk a horse around cones or over poles or whatever obstacles he set up and then to have the choice to say actually i'm ready to take it to another level and by the end he's like you know i want to look like a cowboy and you know necrity you know <laughs> um <laughs> and it, it just the sense of competency 
right? So we go for connection and we go to competency. So Tara, tell us where y'all are based. You know, how do you guys work? Do you have a a dedicated herd of horses that you take with you or do you work with different barns across the country? Kind of walk us through that. That's a great question. So we are all over the place, actually. Ryan's in Boston. I'm in New Hampshire. The team is spread out. Um, We really found that having one central location for the continuity of care piece was important. However, there's so many great farms all across the country, all across the world that are doing amazing work. And we kind of go in and say, hey, um, let's put this together with you. Do you have military cultural competency? Do you understand trauma-informed care? All right, let's set this up. Let's get you connected with your local VA, your vet center, whatever it might be. Does your community have a desire and a demand for this work? So um, a great example is we were just down um, in Georgia last week. Um, The Army Rangers uh, sadly had a catastrophic event um, with some loss of life at the Army Ranger Mountain phase of training. Um, So within eight days, we mobilized, went down there and ran programming. We tried to stay off the airstrip near the Blackhawks, but (laughs) ran some programming, collaborated with the Georgia Equine Rescue League. They were amazing, just showed up with horses and, you know, it worked. Um, So we are mobile and really want to be able to get to rural or underserved populations where a lot of horse farms are that could do good work. Um, just make sure we can get them, you know, lined up to to do it because you really only have one time to make the right impression with this community. Speaking of mobility, because we're we're about out of time, but you guys are going to join us at Equine Affair in Mass, um, and you're going to actually host some activities for um, service members <clears throat> on Veterans Day with us. So, can you tell us real quickly, uh, either Tara or Ryan, what that's going to look like, and then we'll we'll have to let you go. But but go ahead and tell us. Sure. So we are so excited to be at Equine Affair again. We were there last year. We did two sessions on um, groundwork, psychotherapy, and equine-assisted learning because there are differences. Um, Mm -hmm. This year we're going to be, let's see, it's November 11th, which is Veterans Day, doing Mm -hmm. arrows. Such an honor. We're going to have veterans sign up at our Equine Immersion Project's um, table and bring them on into an arena with four horses that we've never met with people we've never met and kind of show you how to do a groundwork session um, and rotate people through as an example of how do you uh, mobilize and get yourself up and running. Equine Affair has been so generous. They're providing horses with your um, barn manager. So we're really excited to be there. And we can't wait to have you there. Uh, So last thing, uh, how can people learn more about the Equine Immersion Project? Terrific. Our website at Equine Immersion Project. Um, Facebook, of course, is Equine Immersion Project. And also with Horses and Humans Research Foundation. Um, we run webinars there with them. I serve on the board for HHRF, and we really believe it's important to invest in rigorous research as a catalyst to advance the knowledge of the horse-human interaction. So it's not just, hey, this works, it feels good, but why? What is the research to support this work? So Horses and Humans Research Foundation is another way to find us. Perfect. And they're actually going to be, if I'm not mistaken, they'll be at Mass too. So, Absolutely. If, yeah. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us. This was really fascinating. And I, I know the audience will enjoy learning about you. So thank you. And before we wrap up the show, I wanted to talk about kind of a feature at Equine Affair that maybe not everyone knows about, which is called the Marketplace. And the Marketplace is our consignment shop. 
So that means you can bring any of your horse-related gear, anything you can carry. So, Glenn, don't be bringing like a wagon or something. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) anything you can carry. So tack, apparel, uh, gear, um, that kind of thing. And you can consign it at Equine Affair. So if you bring it, you can bring it anytime, but I would so say basically bring it you guys Thursday. have a used store? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, you can consign, you can shop for bargains, that kind of thing. And then um, our staff will sell your stuff for you. And then you can come back and get cash. And then you can go, go back spend out to the somewhere tra- else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I always sell it. So I yeah. didn't know you guys did this. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's awesome. We have it at both events. Um, and it's been super popular. Like, uh, I want to say Ohio this past spring, we had to get more volunteers and more staff to send up there because it was so crazy. Like everybody just really, well, they that. brought like tack rooms of stuff, trailers of stuff. And and we had to process it all and put, you know, price tags on all of them and, and lay it out. And I mean, it was crazy. It was good, but it was business was good. I wish Jennifer lived closer because uh, she has all this stuff. I just asked her the other day, what about all this stuff out here? And she's like, well, I'm going to sell it. And, I, I, and you know that's not going to happen. But if <laughs> she, she yeah. could go there, that'd be yeah. perfect. <laughs> uh, well, there's the one in Ohio, which is a lot closer to you. I mean, it's closer than Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, 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 a little, tiny bit. <laughs> just a moment. <laughs> Well, this has been a fun show. I loved hearing about the horses, and uh, I loved checking out the chicken coops, and I loved buying a gazebo for my backyard, um, which I haven't gotten the quote on yet, but I'm sure I will. <laughs> Any minute I, now. I really did send it in. <laughs> so well, Any minute Je- now. Jennifer's like, oh, man. She hates <laughs> you now, by the way. So <laughs> Sorry. How can I make it up to her? <laughs> Pay for the gazebo, apparently. Oh, man. Uh, well, can I do a well, payment we'll be plan? Back again tomorrow. <laughs> Jamie and I will be here tomorrow. Uh, we'll be doing a usual Friday show. And yes, we will be doing really bad ads. I know we missed last week's because of the tribute to the Queen. But really bad ads will be back. Get your ads into Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Of course, Equine Affair. You can find all the information. What's the website again? EquineAffair.com. And uh, we'll be doing the next episode. It'll be like weeks away from when you do the show. So we'll, yeah. we'll, be, we'll be weeks away. So We're getting yeah. even closer. I'll have even less hair. Yeah, <laughs> should be more stressed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Take care. 